Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Jason Markham. He is the site manager for Cincy Jungle, which is the SB Nation site that covers the Cincinnati Bengals, which is the Vikings' week one opponent because we are in the regular season finally Sunday at 12 p.m. Central. The Vikings will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in their first game of the regular season. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks for having me on, Adam. No problem. All right. So let's just get right into it. Joe Burrow, he went down with a serious knee injury last year. He's been recovering. Um, what's just the current status of, of Joe Burrow? Where, where is he in his recovery process? He's been a full go in the sense of he's fully recovered. He hasn't really taken any hits, obviously, with you know just the team's training camp and practices. They put him in the last preseason game, but didn't really give him a chance to get hit because he just threw a quick screen pass to Jamar Chase. So he's he's ready to go. He's just going to be maybe a little rusty. You know, he needs to get hit a few times probably. So, uh, but he's good to go as far as the physical and recovery side go. Yeah. Um. Do you think he will be one hundred percent? No, not maybe health wise one hundred percent, but getting back to you know the way he was at the beginning of the last season. Um, I'm going to say somewhere around like maybe 70, 80% of what okay. his full potential is. So okay. yeah, I mean, it's impossible to come over that long of a layoff and right. not have a little rust on you. Oh, for sure. Um, all right. So we'll, Jamar Chase, he's the, the rookie receiver for the, Vi- not the Vikings, for the Bengals, uh, this year, their, their top draft pick. Um, but he's been, uh, he's had a couple drops, uh, in the preseason <laughs> This year, uh, does that worry you at all about him, or or do you think that's maybe just some some rookie jitters? I think it's jitters. I think it's too. He's just getting to learn the NFL system and you know getting everything down. I think he even kind of admitted he's just thinking about things too much because I mean NFL offenses can be way yeah. way ahead of you know even yeah. the best college offenses. So he's still just kind of learning how to you know assimilate everything and you know just catch the ball. And so it's it's been a little bit of a process, but uh. The team's confident in him. Uh, Jero's confident in him. So uh, we'll see what happens week one. I think, you know, he'll probably, if he gets, you know, six, seven catchable passes, he may drop a couple of them. But yeah. I think he'll definitely be better than what we've seen in camp. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, Justin Jefferson, he kind of, he struggled a little bit in training camp. Um, he didn't even start the Vikings' first two games. And then, you know, he got to start in the third game and then obviously just took it off from there and, and went to, went on to break records and stuff. So, you know, guys can figure it out. It might take some guys longer than the others, but, um, you know, Jamar Chase was a, a top 10, top, was he top five? Yeah, uh, top number yeah. five pick. Yeah, he was top five draft pick uh, for, for a reason. So, you know, 
that he's gonna i think he'll be able to figure it out and uh, the vikings are gonna have to make sure that uh they know where he is on the field on sunday for sure um a former viking riley reef he is now with the Bengals. um i believe i saw he's gonna be their right tackle um so how has he looked i'm not so sure if, if he's played it all in the preseason but at least in camp how's riley reef looked for the Bengals? He, he's looked good. He's, you know, about the same as he's looked in the past. You know, he's the kind of guy he might give up a few sacks a year. But, you know, for the most part, he's a good, solid tackle that he's getting up, up there in age, which I think that was why and maybe some injuries, why he didn't sign a bigger deal, a longer term deal. But uh, he's a reliable guy at the right side. And, you know, they let him stay, put him there because Jonah Williams at left tackle, you know, for all the the crap the Bengals offensive line get deservedly so Jonah was actually a really good left tackle last season and they expect big things of him this year that's good um yeah he had a good season Riley Reef did with the Vikings uh last year and it was kind of some people thought you know they might keep him around but his cap hit was around 13 million so there were there really wasn't any way they could keep him unless they figured out a way to, to reduce his, his cap hit significantly. And then the Vikings went out and drafted Christian Derrissaw, who's still hurt and hasn't practiced at all in training camp. So it's been great. Um, <laughs> um, so Trey Waynes, another former Viking, now with the Bengals. He sat out all of last season with uh, an injury, and then he was on the COVID list. Um, and then now, this week... He's out with what I believe what a hamstring injury. He's not playing on on Sunday. He, he's injured both. He sat out for several weeks train camp with a hamstring injury on one side, and then he hurt the other side on like okay. an August twenty fifth practice. So yeah. So, so are we ever going to see Trey Wayne's play in a game for the Bengals? I I mean I hope so, but I mean if he doesn't get back and you know play about I'd say double digit games this season, they're. I mean, he's got like a five million dollar cap hit, if or dead cap hit, if they cut him next off season. So, but I mean, he's done so little. I mean, he really needs to show something these next, you know, fourteen, fifteen games uh, for them to keep him. Yeah, I mean, he's getting paid, so he he doesn't care. <laughs> um, you know, good for him getting that money, I guess. Um, all right, so there is a former, well, there's a son of a former Vikings legend on the Bengals practice squad right now, which is Thaddeus Moss, uh, son of Randy Moss. Uh, he's a tight end. He went to LSU. Um, I believe he played for the Bengals in the preseason. Did, um, did he do anything this summer during camp or the preseason that maybe stood out to you? He was definitely one of their better pass catching tight ends. And he looked good in that area. And he made a lot of plays in the preseason. Elton. People thought he was going to make the 53-man roster, but the thing that people kind of overlook with him, and he, he doesn't offer much as a blocker. He doesn't mm. offer as much on special teams. He had really poor grades there from pro football focus. So the guy they kept, Mitchell Wilcox, he's not much of a pass catcher, but he's a better run blocker, and he pl- does well on special teams. So if one of the you know three tight ends get hurt, I imagine Moss would be one of the guys called up. But uh, you know he's got to work on those areas if he's going to be someone that can get on a 53-man roster and stay there week to week. Yeah, that's a guy Vikings fans have, I feel like some of them have wanted him to be on the Vikings, obviously, because his dad, you know, was a legend with the Vikings. That would be fun to see. But it's good to good to hear that he's doing some good things. And, you know, he's young, so he can learn how to get better at blocking and stuff and, and special teams. So I feel like he'll be some, someone to pay attention to, at least for the Bengals this year, because, you know, injuries happen in football. So he should he 
might get a shot. Um, which part of the Bengals roster do you think improved the most this offseason? Probably the offensive line. You know, the addition of Reef was huge. I mean, he was a mess. He's, I mean, he's, again, he's probably more along the lines of a good player, not great. But even that was a huge upgrade over Bobby Hart, who he's on someone's practice squad. I forget exactly <laughs> who, but it's like he shouldn't be on a roster. He definitely shouldn't be starting. I just, you know, did he have yeah. something on the head coach? You know, who knows what the deal was. But, right. yeah, they just kept starting him, and he was consistently the worst right tackle in football. So, uh, that's a big upgrade. And then they got Frank Pollock, who, as an offensive line coach, is a big upgrade over Jim Turner, who, another guy, probably shouldn't be in the NFL, but <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, Frank yeah. Pollock's probably one of the better offensive line coaches in the NFL, and it, it has looked better in training camp in the preseason. I don't – I know going into the third preseason game, they didn't—they hadn't allowed a sack, like not the first, second, oh, or third unit. Okay. So I, I can't quite recall if they did in the third game, but they looked much improved. So that should be a big upgrade. Yeah, and I feel like that's—they probably made that a big priority after you know Burrow went down last year. They're like, okay, this is, this guy's our our franchise. We can't let him his career be ruined, you know, like a David Carr or a Andrew Luck, and just him be out of league in a couple of years because we, you know, decided not to get him a good, good offensive line. So that's good that they're making that a priority. Um, so which part of the Bengals roster then still worries you heading into the season? Um, probably the linebackers because it's pretty much the same group. They lost Josh Bynes, who, I mean, he was pretty over the hill playing last year, but he was still one of their better linebackers. And the guys they have right now, they're more improving. It wasn't that they looked bad in the preseason. It's just – now you're going to have to rely on guys they drafted last year, like a King Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson, who they were like third and fourth round picks. So we didn't see a whole lot of them as rookies. And now they're going to kind of be thrust into bigger roles this year. And Jermaine Pratt, I mean, he, he was a third round pick in 2019, I believe. And he's, he struggled. I mean, he's had some good moments, but you know, he was a college safety that moved to linebacker and in the NFL, it's kind of like, you know, he's like, he looks kind of like he's good at coverage, but he struggles against the run. And so they're hoping he takes a big step forward this year. So you're saying the Bengals might've caught a break when Irv Smith, uh, suffered that injury. Um, cause the, where's, it sounds like the linebackers aren't the, the greatest part of the defense. So Irv Smith might've had a, a nice little afternoon if he was still out there, which, you know, the Vikings tight ends, Tyler Conklin, he's the backup. They still expect big things out of him, so he might be able to do some things. Um, and they just got Chris Herndon from the Jets. Maybe he can do some stuff too. Um, but yeah, the the linebackers, there's no uh, Takeo Spikes uh, back there for the, the Bengals anymore. That's uh, for sure. Hopefully anyone listening to this gets that reference because he was there a long time ago and I just revealed my age probably. Um so what are your expectations for the Bengals this season? Can they maybe surprise some people and and maybe make the playoffs? Playoffs are probably a little out of reach, especially when you play in the AFC North. I mean, yeah. they can be significantly improved and still between the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens yeah. take, you know, two games. It, it's, it's tough sledding. And, you know, you're also in the conference with the Chiefs, the Bills. Yep. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough, but – Given their schedule, I think they're set up to have a nice start because a lot of their easiest games are in the first half. Like, you know, granted, the Vikings, 
you know, at least on, if you look at the projections, they're mm-hmm. kind of projected the bottom half. You got the Jets. I think they play the Jaguars in week four. Hello. They play uh, the Bears next week. So it's yeah. definitely set up for them to go into the bye week with some momentum and, you know, maybe have four or five wins after only winning six games the last two years. So uh, I think just getting to like eight wins would be really nice. Um, it would really set the tone going forward. It would show that, you know, Zach Taylor actually might know what he's doing and, you know, give this franchise and even the players more confidence in him. So that that's kind of the goal. It's just, you know, be competitive, you know, don't have a lot of blowouts, you know, stay in these games, actually win these close games. That's been their biggest problem. They've had so many winnable games under Zach but they just give them away. I think they're like two and 13 and one score games under him. So hmm. if you just, you know, win half of those, you'll improve by like almost six wins. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that they were in that many close games. I just, I just look at their record and I assume that they lost a lot of games by a lot of points. Um, but so you mentioned Zach Taylor head coach of the Bengals. What has to happen in 2022 in order for him to keep his job or in 2021 for him to keep his job in 2022? Well, it's just, you know, it kind of all depends on how the games go. Like if he wins, if they go, I guess it would be six and 11 now. Right. But they're, you know, they're competitive in a lot of those losses. That might be enough to keep his job. I think ideally if you're him, you need to win at least seven to feel like somewhat comfortable about keeping your job. Seven games? Yeah. Um, Okay. And then what if, let's, let's, it's because COVID's still going on. So like, what if, what if they win? They only win five games, but like the roster, like a lot of those games, they're decimated by COVID. Do you think he would get that excuse or just, just it's past that? That's one of those things where, yeah, it gets really dicey and you're not really sure. I mean, given the history of this franchise, you're like, they like to be more conservative and give guys chances. Maybe they would lean if it, if the COVID affected enough games, maybe they would. Speaking of, you know, guys who used to be, you know, with the Bengals, Mike Zimmer, former defensive coordinator for the Bengals long time. Uh, they had a very good defense when he was there with the Bengals. Um, so if Mike Zimmer is fired in 2022 and Zach Taylor is fired in 2022, do you think the Bengals would try and hire Mike Zimmer? Probably. Um, yeah. Definitely would have said a few years ago because Mike Brown, the owner, he loved Zimmer. And yeah. if it were then, he would definitely do it. Now, where he's kind of given, slowly given up more control to, you know, Katie and Elizabeth Blackburn, maybe it's not a done deal, but I, <laughs> I would still definitely lean like likely it would happen if that scenario comes to play. Yeah. Zimmer lives in basically Cincinnati, his, it's where his, his ranch is. Um, when he when he leaves Minnesota, that's, that's where his the Zimmer the Zimmer Ranch. That's what it's called. Got the big compound there, or whatever out there. So, it wouldn't be hard for him to move or anything out there. He's already got a place. Um, yeah, I think that's something to maybe keep an eye on. Obviously, the Vikings. I feel like their season would have to pretty much go terribly for him to get fired because he's just now starting a three year ex- year extension, and you know that all that money is guaranteed for coaches. So the the Vikings owners would still have to pay Mike Zimmer the next two years if they fired him this year. So I don't know if they would want to do that, but it'd be something interesting to pay attention to if if, if that scenario happened. Um, one last thing before we get to this weekend's game. Who is an, maybe a very good Bengals player, maybe recent or even in the distant past, that doesn't get enough maybe recognition? 
who do you think maybe deserves that? In my um, mind, I always think of a guy like Carl Pickens. Like he he was he. I remember him be, growing up and him being like pretty good, but you never hear about him. One guy that his career was cut a little short was uh, you know, if you remember in two thousand five when they really had their breakout, their left tackle was Levi Jones. Mm. He was a the guy they drafted in the first round and. He looked fantastic. His first couple of years, he looked like he was going to be one of the better last tackles in the NFL. And then just he, he had some knee injuries and it kind of ruined his career. But uh, that, that was a guy who he was a big part of why they had that explosion and just looked like they were ready to take the NFL over. But uh, I, I'd probably go with him. Yeah. I was thinking, is it Rudy Johnson too? Rudy Johnson, yeah. The running back. He had a couple, yeah. couple good years. He's kind of one of those running backs where you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Um, all right, so this weekend the Vikings and Bengals play in Cincinnati. I believe the the Vikings are favored by three points at this moment. That could change before Sunday. What's your what's just what's your prediction for the weekend? Do you think the Bengals can can beat the Vikings? Oh, I definitely do. Um, the, the Burrow being rusty makes me a little nervous about this game and just the fact that Waynes is out, and you're mm-hmm. talking about Eli Apple, who's, you know, he's been really enigmatic. He struggled a lot in the NFL going against either Jefferson or Thielen. That's mm-hmm. a scary proposition. Uh, Herndon's kind of an X factor, you know, if tight ends have just, I mean, it just feels like decades it's been going on. Tight ends just tear us apart. I, I, mean, I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, so I kind of, it's like maybe he, it's, he's only been there for a few weeks, but I'm like, I won't be surprised at all if he, you know, has 50 or 60 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. So uh, I, I would give the Vikings the slight edge. I think it'll be really close, could go either way. But I just – I got to give them – I feel like they have more stability right now, and I'd give them like a two, three-point edge. Okay. What about their ability to, to stop Devin Cook? Do you feel confident in that? Don't feel confident about that at all either. <laughs> <laughs> the, line, the defensive line, I feel, has the potential because uh, – they drafted Tyler Shelvin the fourth yeah, round. A bunch he's of new a guys, right? Huge, yeah, huge run stuffer. He's like three fifty plus. Mm-hmm. They got Josh Tupo back. He's kind of their run stuffer in the middle. He uh, set out last year because of COVID risks. Mm-hmm. So uh, they met in Sam Hubbard on the edge and Trey Anderson. I think all of those guys together can get bottle cook up or make him at least cut back. It's can our linebackers tackle him, which I'm not confident at all at. And then you look at. The Vikings defensive line, they've got the Neil Hunter back this year. Uh, they just re- re-signed Everson Griffin. Are you are you confident maybe in, in them being able to contain those guys? And they got Michael Pierce and Delvin Tomlinson in the middle and Sheldon yeah. Richardson on the bench. <laughs> yeah, the, the Richardson and Tomlinson and Pierce are the guys who scare me more. I, I mean, in general, Hunter's the one you're scared of, but yeah. I'm, I actually have some faith in our tackles. I'm not okay. really sure in the interior. I mean, Quentin Spain's back. I mean, he's been kind of a journeyman. Um, Xavier Sulafilo, same deal. It's, you know, he kind of bounces from team to team, making, you know, a couple million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Hopkins, our center, he's actually a pretty good center. The problem is he's coming off an ACL tear. We didn't see him. We saw him a little bit in the third preseason game, but not much at all. And uh, so I just kind of worry about how those three can hold up against those defensive tackles the Vikings have. All right, so then what's what's more what's more likely the the Bengals win in a blowout or the Vikings win by a field goal? 
Oh, field goal for sure. Yeah. I, I, I have a tough time seeing either team pull away by more okay. than, you know, 10, 14 points. All right. I won't ask you for a score prediction because I always feel like those are just impossible to predict. Like, no one ever looks back. It was like, oh, you got the score exactly right. Um, so, so you feel, you feel like the Bengals can win, which, which, you know, going into the season, I, I talked about it the other day on an episode where, like, I look at this Vikings team, there's a lot of talent. But I just have no idea, like, if they they could be really good and win thirteen games, or they could, you know, not be that great and win and win six games. It's just I don't know. I don't think I've ever been this uncertain about a team where I feel like they have, you know, all this talent. You got Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, all these guys, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't. And Kirk Cousins, like, he's not terrible. <laughs> obviously. Um, but uh, that's all I got for you today. Jason, where can people follow you on Twitter? Um, I'm on Jason Markham. It's just at Markham89 on Twitter. And then I write, I'm the manager for CincyJungle.com and uh, covering the Bengals and then CBlue.com covering the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, that's right. You do, do Kentucky stuff. Um, so go check him out. Go check out all that stuff. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.